Welcome to Think the Maker, a podcast about heroes, princesses, scoundrels, hokey religions, ancient weapons, and all things Star Wars. I'm your host, Adam Russell. I am your host, Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. Ryan Key is actually my name. <laughs> Different guy. But Bill is also my name if you take my first name and abbreviate it in a really unfortunate way. <laughs> Billy Billy. I have a friend from high school. Hey, Nick. I have a friend from high school who we called Bill, but later in life, he switched it back to William. Because he's like, yeah, no, enough of that shit. <laughs> I interrupted you. I'm sorry. Please welcome Nick to the show. Hello there. <laughs> hey. Hey, hey. I'm sweating. <laughs> <laughs> Did you take peyote? <laughs> Did you take peyote in your in your sweat lodge? It's finally starting to like crack the 90 degree mark in uh, Southern California and my little uh, podcast den. Yeah, I can't have air conditioner or fan on because the mic would pick it up. So I am dripping in sweat and I'm hallucinating. So take your shirt off. Why am I drippings with goo? <laughs> I am also hallucinating because I'm huffing wood stain fumes because my floors are getting refinished upstairs and there's like a wet coat and it's it's made its way down here and catching a sweet buzz. I'm not hallucinating at all. I feel left out. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's still time. So if you can find some shrooms or something, go ahead and do that. I'm sipping on a beer too. Who knows what's going to come out of my mouth? This hey. 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 So what are we talking about? Let's switch it up and talk about uh, Star Wars. Good idea. I think I like that. Let's roll with it. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it live. We're going to talk about The Bad Batch, season one, episode seven. We are nearly halfway through, supposedly. Yeah, if IMDb is right, IMDb straight up has 16 episodes now. So IMDb doesn't lie. Yeah. No lies detected. I'm into it. 6.5, not a good movie. <laughs> 8.2, great movie. Yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of feel like that's a random uh, number, right? Like 8, 12, or like 22 or 23 are like episodic numbers, I feel like. 16 is kind of random. So A lot of shows are doing six now. A lot of English yeah. television is six mm -hmm. episodes, I've noticed. Kind of nice, actually. It's yeah. cool. You can like just knock out a whole show in one night. Yeah. What is 45-ish times six? What is that? I don't know. You're an Apple person. Just ask. What's 45 times six? 270. How many hours is that? That's <laughs> we're really four bad at something. What's two hundred and seventy divided by sixty? Four and a half. Yeah. yeah, four and a half hour movie. I do the maths real well. <laughs> yes, that's a good like a Lord of the Rings extended edition kind of movie to watch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good television. I back that. But I don't know. I wouldn't be mad if they had a hundred episodes of this damn show. Same. Maybe we'll get there one day, ten years from now. <laughs> Hey, we should mention that we have some patrons that are now at our new Jedi Council tier listening in on this recording session. Yeah. You're on the council, but we do not grant you the rank of master. I'm the foot master. <laughs> um, Mace Windu with the quote. <laughs> we have uh, five altogether, I think, right? That's not bad for the first day. Yeah, pretty solid. We appreciate you guys. Yeah, thanks for being excited enough to do it literally on the first day it was available. Very cool. Very cool. I left out, I, I went with Jedi Council instead of Jedi Master because there's got to be another cool idea or 10 that we can come up with. Coming you know, soon. To, to go with the next tier. Yeah. You can level up. It's called literally Luke Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let's get straight into it. What have you done with those plans? The Bad Batch, Season 1, Episode 7, Battle Scars, debuted June 11th, 2021, this past Friday, directed by Saul Ruiz, who has worked on all the Star Wars animation stuff. Saul's been around. 
written by Jennifer Corbett, who is listed with Filoni as developing the series and executive producing. She's a big part of this. Yeah. Pretty dope that she wrote this one. There's a bunch of interviews like that kind of go back and forth between her and Filoni and Brad Rao. They're definitely like... The big brains. It's probably, if I had a guess, like Filoni obviously is like creator and probably has final say, but I feel like the other two are really running the ship here, show running. Yeah, it's almost like Filoni has slipped into that Lucas spot and now he's got his apprentices, you know? His minions. Pretty cool. Starring no one new. We, of course, see new characters, but that's Dee Bradley Baker again. 27-minute runtime, Disney Plus description. Oh, wait, I have a a fun fact. You ready? Fun fact. This is the only episode of any Star Wars anything that is named after a Bayside B-side song, Battle Scars. Hey. Fun fact. There you go. You made it. (laughs) Your worlds have collided, and with as tripped out as you are in that sweat lodge tonight, you should be, I mean, you're going to lose your mind if you think about that too hard. I'm seeing colors. (laughs) I didn't even know Filoni was a fan. Yeah. Big fan. I guess list them every, every time we're in Pittsburgh. Disney Plus description, as they traverse a decommissioned medical facility, the Bad Batch encounter an unexpected threat. That doesn't say that's appropriately vague, actually. Yeah, because you know what? We are expecting Wrecker to be a threat eventually. As smart as they are, they had not put two and two together that his headache had anything to do with an inhibitor chip. They thought it was just from the, the floor stain from the fumes. Yeah. <laughs> Has he, like, go back and think about the prior six episodes, has he said something like, it's just my head, to anyone? Or has he just been like, and then like, I'm fine? Yeah, it's been groaning, I feel like. Did Tech mention something? Like, it's probably the chip? I don't think so. Mm. That's what I'm wondering is if he's, he's like, out loud said to the crew, it's my head. Or if we've seen him, like, and then they're like, what's up? And he's, I'm fine. You know? He's done that a lot in front of them, but yeah. yeah, I don't think that he's said anything about anyone's mentioned that that it was the chip. Right. So, so in a cartoon world, that tracks. We're good. Yeah, I think so. It all works. What'd you guys think of this episode? Loved it. Dope. It was it was uh, hardcore emotional. I think you know, like we really got. Yeah. We knew there was eventually going to be some sort of some version of a face off with Wrecker and Omega because they were definitely working on that relationship for the first uh, six episodes or so. So you knew that was going to be some sort of heartbreaking when eventually Wrecker flipped and had to go after Omega. Or, you know, it never occurred to me that he would go after Omega, which we could get into later, unless she was a Jedi. But just her even seeing him flip would be a bad, bad thing for her. But he did go after her. I think it's it's one of two things, right? She's either a Jedi, which is awesome, or... She's a just she's a clone. So, mm-hmm. however, they're able to recognize who's who. He looks at her as like you're a clone, which means you're a soldier, which means you're a traitor. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, yeah. Because he wouldn't have like some supernatural ability to recognize that she's a Jedi. Like he's not going to sense it. Mm, like yeah, that's true. So I don't know. I, I feel like it's just he. She's a clone, and he recognizes that somehow. Yeah, I, I don't know. I never thought of it that way. Because he definitely turns on her. Like, it might be a visual thing. Like, mm-hmm. Jedis have lightsabers and they're in robes. It wouldn't have been like uh, the chip goes off and he sensed midichlorian somewhere. <laughs> right. right. There's definitely, like, um, a Nazi Germany, like, the paranoia that comes along with a totalitarian government of anyone who is a dissenter, potentially anyone. Anyone could be committing treason by just being associated if you're like one degree of separation from any anyone who is the enemy you are the enemy so they're in that mode when the chip has switched so 
I don't know. She could give him one half a bad look and he'd be like, you're dead. That's treason. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know? All right, let's do a quick synopsis and then discuss some more. So the Bad Batch were wrapping up a mission for Sid when they get back to her cantina and we see the hooded figure. There it is. I knew kind of right away. I saw the bridge of the nose. I like, I was like, that's him, right? You see his face. Mm-hmm. It's Captain Rex. He tracked them to Ord Mantell after he got the information from Trace and Rafa. They catch up a little bit. He meets Omega. Record complains about his head. Immediately, Rex is like, hold up, hold up. Hand on the pistol. He knows that it's a bad situation if their chips are still in place. They have a pretty awkward conversation, but he's like, okay, we got to get these things out. So he says, let's meet on the planet Braca. Braca or Braca? Braca. Where they're going to find this decommissioned Jedi cruiser. And ultimately, they just need the med bay to go remove the inhibitor ships. I had some other thoughts when all this was about to go down. We'll talk about that later. I don't know if you guys had the same ones. On the way in, you know, it's a big, it's a bunch of junk. So they're climbing through all this wreckage and crap. Wrecker falls into some water, ends up wrestling with a Dianoga. Talk about that later. A big uh, tentacly kind of space water alien person. There's something alive in here. (laughs) Wrecker's chip ends up kicking in before they um, get a chance to get it out. He attacks everyone, goes full Terminator. Ultimately, they end up stunning him. They get the chip out. He's unconscious for a little bit, but he eventually wakes up. Everything's cool. So then they go ahead and they get rid of the rest of the chips. Rex and Hunter have a little chat at the end. He's kind of like, you know, you could be useful against the Empire. But Hunter says their main priority is keeping with Omega, making sure she's safe. And it wraps up the final shot. Two members of the Scrapper Guild, who are, it's the organization that kind of runs this planet, all the scrapping of the old um, ships. They kind of fly by on a skiff. They've got the binoculars out or the, uh, what do you call them? The dogs. They're looking through the <laughs> dogs. It's me this time. My parents are in town and their dogs are here. You know, we, we see the group kind of from a distance through the binocs and then we, we realize, oh, they're, they're being watched. The Scrapper Guild is aware that they're there. They report them to the Empire like we're being watched. <laughs> and some stuff's about to go down. Roll credits. Yeah, maybe we get Crosshair back. Long lost, our wayward son, our wayward clone Crosshair. So many sniper positions in that scrap yeah. pile of a planet. They say intruders confirmed on the Jedi cruiser inform yeah. the Empire. You would assume intruders confirmed means like specific intruders. Like yeah, the ones you're looking for are here. Mm-hmm. The Bad Batch. Yeah. Yeah, that, you know, you would have to assume Crosshair's a smart dude Mm -hmm. or whoever is assuming they're going to go there and try to get something. Who knows if if they're expecting them to go try to get their chips out or if they're just thinking this is a good place for them to get supplies, whatever. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, a little artistic license maybe that they would have known they were there or there's something coming to reveal how they've been tracking them or something. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe Omega has a tracking chip in her or something. I mean, oh. I don't know. you know, who, who knows? But some way that they've been able to kind of follow their movements, and they yeah. just needed to verify it was them or something. I don't know. Maybe like when they turned the med bay on, like the decommissioned med bay, like that pinged something, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. Good point. Another one that we'll just ask Filoni when he's on the show. Right. <laughs> we have a lot of those. The list is long and distinguished. Yeah. So is my. Thank the maker. A Top Gun <laughs> podcast. So. How long do you guys think it's been? How many missions have they been on? Mm-hmm. Because when they talk about, you know, it's tradition, oh, not again. They're going to, you know, is this for records or is it for the kid with the popcorn? It, they really make it seem like it's been, I don't know, a month. Like it has the same kind of feeling as in The Mandalorian when they, they chill on the planet with the, uh, with the blue shrimp for a while. You know what I mean? It seems like some time has passed, like minimum a, a half a dozen additional missions, right? 
I think the writing's pretty deliberate to have you feel like they've been hopping off to do stuff and coming back. The, mm-hmm. Most notably, Wrecker and Omega going to do their post-mission tradition. I mean, that's just not... Oh, shoot. That can't be a thing that we've never seen before. Like, it just... they've. There's a clue. I'm ready for it. I don't remember what the number was, but when Sid was reading off that invoice, did she say, like, and 14 cartons of Mantel mix? Maybe that's the answer there. Yep. There it is. Yeah, Kevin just popped it in the, the thing as well. Aha, 14. So they've they've done 14 missions, possibly. I mean, that's, yeah. Wait, did they both get a carton, though? So maybe it's seven. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I love it. So is a carton, like, the container, or is a carton, like, a carton? And it's, like, that's, like, two pounds yeah. of it, you know? So it could be... I don't know. Well, Wrecker would eat two pounds of it with his eyes closed, so... That's right, yeah. yeah. We should acknowledge on this, we talked about it on the uh, the reaction bit for patrons earlier this week, but we should acknowledge the fact that I, we were very wrong about who was under the cloak. It was Rex. It was the photo. Yeah, man. That photo was deceptive, man. That was It was the same cloak. So Listen, I was right at first. I'm standing, at, if I stayed with my original thought, I thought that the droid and... Rafa using that clone blaster meant it was going to be Rex. But then that so you always cloak, stick with your first answer. This is why you failed all those standardized tests because you're I like, know. no, I, I think it's D. Second uh, guess. I have a question, a speculative question, which I know is not what we uh, deal in on this program. But Rebels is after this. Mm-hmm. The image of Ahsoka is after this in the cloak. Yep. Yeah. It's entirely possible that she's wearing Rex's cloak. Yeah. In Rebels. That was my thought, yeah. And whether that's ever something that is like shown him, you know, handing off the cloak, that you almost don't need to because it's almost just this rad little nerd nugget that Filoni was like, ooh, he gives her the cloak somewhere somewhere along the way. And that's why she was wearing it in Rebels. So I'm going to put it on him now. And everyone's going to think, everyone's going to do the due diligence to go, well, what are they wearing in the the hollow? Oh, it's that cloak with the extra shoulder piece and the lines on it. It's the same one. I, I don't know. I, I just, I totally buy that. Yeah. It could be, it could be just a cool nod to, you know, that's where Ahsoka got her cloak. I, I don't know if you guys watched it again since Friday, but I know I mentioned it on the reaction show. I feel like the animation's a little weird there because the cloak, poncho, whatever you want to call it, the way it lays over his armor makes him look like as big as Wrecker to me. Yeah. It doesn't like sink into his body at all. It just almost like, maybe it's on purpose. It kind of like, drapes off of his the shoulders of his clone trooper suit and he looks like a house <laughs> like it's like huge. a it's like a football player wearing a rain poncho <laughs> yeah, on the totally. sidelines yeah. look you made a sports reference yeah i didn't know you liked Did sports it. so much look dude. at that you know like the guys next to the pitch or the uh the i'm so what, proud what of you um then before they get all the points kick it to the guy um <laughs> kick it to the guy <laughs> um let's see Oh, the thing I thought almost immediately when Rex was like, um, I know where to go. You know, I know how, how we get this sorted. You're going to meet me on this planet, blah, blah, blah. Or actually after Omega was like, or who said it? It was like, that's dangerous. They could die, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, it has to be done. I know where we can go do it. Right. My first thought was, oh, he needs Ahsoka to go because they couldn't find the chip originally, you know, and Mm -hmm. in Clone Wars. And I got all pumped because I'm just, you know, obsessed, but I wasn't let down. Listen, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> it didn't turn out that way, but I mean, all the way up to the ship, I was like, maybe she's in the ship. Maybe she's hiding in there. <laughs> no, but it was still dope. Super dope. I, I kind of think I kind of have two reasons. One, like real world reason why I don't expect Ahsoka. And then there's a Star Wars reason. First one is 
I feel like they're just going to wait until Ahsoka, the series comes yeah. out, you know, like why I'm not cutting you off. I just, I agree. Yeah. And I've said that all along. They've yeah, already, totally. it's already been, it's already done. And like, yeah. it's right now there's a lot of it. It would not make sense. It would be overkill to, to use it, yeah. that in this show. I think, I think so. Totally. And then the second like star Wars reason is when Ahsoka and Rex see each other in rebels for the first time, they're like, Hey, you got old. You know, like I kind of yeah. think that they just don't see each other anymore until Rebels, unfortunately. Yeah. I think they communicate probably, but I don't think that they see each other. So it is a long time. Mm-hmm. So I'll continue to hold out hope and uh, and obsess. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about Order 66 not just being about killing Jedi, just, you know, also killing traitors to the Empire. Kind of new info, right? Yeah. But it makes sense. Like just traitors to the Republic and then people, even Omega, I think Wrecker said something about Omega assisting a traitor and that making her a target too for Order 66. So Yeah, if you've got Jews under your floorboards, you're getting your ass killed too. Yeah, it's crazy. I forgot what I was going to say. It's hot in here. (laughs) The peyote's kicking in. (laughs) Nick, you want to talk about this hunter getting a little tired? Um. Well, first things first, I thought it was a really cool little uh, acknowledgement that the Empire thinks Rex is dead. Yeah, that was dope. He's marked as killed in action. So I guess that'll help him. I want to say it's going to help him like stay under the radar, but he literally is still wearing his clone armor. So (laughs) you can't paint that. What are you doing? Maybe maybe don't do that. Maybe don't do that. But yeah, you got a sweet poncho now. Get a hat. Yeah. Get another shoulder pauldron. Anything. (laughs) So there's another thing that I noticed that's probably like maybe setting something up is that when Sid paid Hunter for like that mission that started the show off, Hunter seemed like pretty unhappy with the amount that he got. Plus, then he was unhappy that Sid kind of put down like an invoice of like, you have debt, you know, rations and lodging and uh, docking your ship and then like 20 cartons of Mantel mix. I think Hunter's like, what is going on? You know, like we're literally doing whatever you ask us to and you're giving us no money. Plus we owe you money. All right. So he's just seemed kind of frustrated with the situation. What is the point here? What the hell are we doing? Yeah. I'm hoping that that leads to just not just we need to get out of here, but we need to get out of here and end up in some big, awesome stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, which obviously it will, but Mm -hmm. he's not about that life. Yeah, I mean, I think it, I think he's ultimately he's frustrated. I mean, as I feel like anyone would with the amount they're getting paid. So it's going to make him like kind of nitpick the whole scenario, you know, like he's just trying to get his paper up. Yeah, <laughs> which they need money. But I guess also, like I said, he didn't realize they were they're going in debt by being there because she's charging right. them. Do you think we're going to get this a little speculation? Do you think Sid is going to double cross kind of backstab them at some point? And that's how they're going to, that little bit's going to end. They're not just going to be like, we're out of here. Like it's going to be something bad. You know, I could see, I could see her being almost like a Hondo where he's just like, whatever Hondo's got to do, Hondo's got to do, you know, like I don't really have a side. So I could see her maybe kind of going in that direction. Yeah, if they're looking for Omega, Omega, then at some point, yeah, like she's just, sorry, they offered me more money and Mm -hmm. I know where she is. So I sold you out. Business bro. Fully. Lando style. I fully see that. One other thing, I, I I feel like I'm I'm being a, a true uh, reporter podcaster when I uh, kind of just try to notice some like why did they say that or why did they show that you know like just picking up on clues for future and I feel like there were two instances where Omega I think she was talking to maybe Hunter kind of referencing that 
yeah, Rex got his chip out and he was okay, but this is a dangerous procedure. And like, maybe Rex was okay, but maybe Wrecker won't be okay. So I felt like that was like a little strange that she mentioned that. Then fast forward when he finally gets his chip out, he's like not okay right away. He's he's out of it for an inordinate amount of time. So I wonder if both of those things are a little bit of foreshadowing that maybe something goes wrong with like Crosshair. Maybe they like kidnap Crosshair, force him to get his chip out and something goes wrong, like where he doesn't wake up or something like that. And we wind up yeah. losing Crosshair, you know? Like, yeah, because Crosshair's chip is still a big deal. I mean, it's yeah. why he's turned the way he's turned right yeah, now. Yeah, and they want to go save their brother, you know, and then maybe something happens. Because I feel like like those are just two things that I'm like, those don't really have too much consequence to the episode, but maybe it's something in the future that needs to be uh, looked out for. Mike just made a good point in the chat. Maybe the longer you're in... Order 66 mode, the harder it is to undo or get the chip out or more, Hmm. you know, the more dangerous it is to try to extract. Yeah. I also think stuff like this, I mean, this, this show, and especially the last few seasons of Clone Wars, the last three, were all written so well on a screenwriting level. It's so good that there's not much throwaway dialogue that's completely meaningless. Like everything is written for a reason like Omega's totally. concerns are if nothing else like at face value right now they're all about not wanting to be alone she finally found a family and she expresses that and then i think it does set up potentially this other stuff we're talking about it mm-hmm. and the writers are good enough to do that they're not just throwing shit out there so i think you're spot on yeah totally that was if you want to mention that was pat who said that not mike if you want to oh God, I wish my soundboard worked. Hello there from uh, this far away. looks a lot like Hondo Supply. <laughs> my eyes are old as shit, dudes. And you're high on floor paint. Yeah. No, it was Patrick uh, Patrick Merton who said that. Not Mike. Mike is useless, dude. Like, he hasn't said anything good ever. <laughs> JK, Mike has a great podcast, and it's called Armor Party. Listen to it. This is like a podcast party. Yeah. Nice. Nice one, Nick. Pod party. <laughs> Lastly, before we uh, get on to skipping a certain point of view, because everything rules in this episode and there's nothing to complain about, who is Rex talking to on his comm towards the end? Mm. Some people out there are thinking Ahsoka. Mm. Some people talking maybe it's Cody, but I don't know. There's there's some uh, legend stuff. There's some canon stuff. But Cody went on to have kind of a long career as an Imperial, not officer, but as an Imperial trooper, a, a stormtrooper, mm-hmm. and remained like a fully, as, as far as we know now, like a zombified evil clone son of a bitch. He led the 212th on Kashyyyk as part of the, the, whole, the whole enslavement routine that put all the Wookiees in chains and mm-hmm. destroyed their entire planet. So that sucks. Yeah. Probably not Cody. There's some options. I mean, obviously, there's uh, Gregor and Wolf, who he hangs out with in Rebels. Yep. I think, again, I'm picking up on clues beforehand. He kind of mentions before, is it before that or after that? Around that, that scene, he mentions that the Republic is still worth fighting for and that it's not totally gone, something like that. So that just makes me think it's like a senator named Bail Organa, like someone like that, you know? like mm-hmm. On Mothma, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That would be cool and would make sense. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on. Like I said, skipping a certain point of view because this is all great unless anyone else has some weird shit to say. No, man. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
The Den of Antiquities is a little shorter this week because we already mentioned kind of a few things. It's really sweaty and hot in it's here. It's pretty too. action. <laughs> and we're keeping it short for summertime for Nick. The Opium Den of Antiquities. <laughs> it was like super action packed. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't like they were on a journey to super interesting places. Mm. It was like, it was just an action packed episode. Yeah. And the, and the big reveal was Rex. So uh, yeah, yeah. I, don't know. I wasn't expecting a lot of like super hidden stuff other than my discovery that Rex gave his cloak to Ahsoka, which is just <laughs> freaking brilliant. But the big one, I think, I would say this is the big one, right? Um, that the planet, the junk salvage planet of Raqqa is where Jedi Fallen Order starts. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Ryan, you being the one who's played the most of that, do you want to talk at all about what goes down on that planet, what you learned in the game? Well, the, the, I'm, I'm only, I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm probably a quarter of the way through the game because it's 30, 40 hours of gameplay. I mean, it's, it's crazy. And, and I've learned from talking to people too that like, so I, I fought like the first big boss in the game. You kind of get a teaser one first. You fight one of the Inquisitors, but the fight sort of gets broken up. It's like the head main Inquisitor. And I, I forget what her name is, but I, I'm sure you fight her again at the very end. It's probably the end of the game. I don't know, but I'm, I bet that's... Is it Tina? Glenda. <laughs> um, uh, Barb? Is it... Um, <laughs> Katie. <laughs> Katie. Katie the Inquisitor. Okay. Katie the Inquisitor. Moving on. Uh, so, but... The the first fight you have is I've only I've, so I've beaten the one like first big boss that's as, that's about as far as I, and a little bit after that I was killing it and then the pandemic hit and I really didn't focus on it much because I was trying to you know like figure out what I was doing with the rest of my life without touring or income or any of those things that you need to survive and eat food. <laughs> Anyways, point being, I played the first part of the game which takes place on Braca and it's rad, dude. It like the dude if you're a gamer it's and you're a Star Wars fan the game is porn. It's just, the graphics are insane. You come right out of the gates fighting stormtroopers. It looks so good. Like, just any clips. I've only played, like, maybe played it for, like, an hour. But anytime I'm watching, like, any YouTube videos or I think I've watched all the, like, whatever you call them, cinematics or whatever on YouTube. uh, It's just so, it looks so damn good. (laughs) The chat is getting just foul. Uh Good thing that's not broadcast live. The chat is not family friendly. The chat no, cannot no. be on the podcast stage at celebration. No, it cannot. <laughs> Don't ruin this for us. Yeah, the chat the chat does not get tickets to celebration 2022. Sorry. So you start out Cal and his friend who I also don't recall the name of. Point being, they start out on Raqqa there and you you learn that the the planet is they're like basically just scavenging for parts and stuff i mean they're, they're taking they're breaking down these cruisers and they're tearing down old ships and it, it's just it's rad and he's been there since order 66 yeah he's been like hiding there yeah i think fallen yeah. order is what like three years after this so he's definitely like a young adult yeah. in this time period right now i think man it'd be dope if they came back here and met up with he's him. out there and yeah. they sell his they're gonna sell his lightsaber at galaxy's yeah. edge they gotta That's bring great. him in they, 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 get, they gotta give him a live action you know like television appearance they have to dude yeah it's very, it would be very cool it would make a lot of people happy it's coming and it's like also new a new character mm-hmm. that has some weight to it it's kind of like the best of both worlds a bunch of people are going to be super stoked and then there's going to be a bunch of people who don't know who he is who are then stoked it's mm-hmm. i gotta like finish the game I, I i gotta just dig in and finish the game i really do i need to play it too now that i have a, a gpu shout out henry hey i don't mean to uh take over the whole podcast with politics but every time i hear the word <laughs> Braca, 
in my head, I go, Barack Obama. <laughs> I'm never listening to this Sorry. show again. It's all politics. The whole podcast. The whole podcast. All politics now. Barack Obama. Just, just an hour of politics every week. <laughs> Yo, so um, I didn't notice this. Rex kept the Y-Wing from season seven. Yeah. I wasn't paying any attention to this. It was part. like he maybe fixed it up a little bit, but pretty dope. Got some new tires. He actually looks a little bit more like his. Made a few special modifications myself. <laughs> Uh, speaking of uh, smuggler stuff, there's also a digital Sabak game happening behind the bar at Sid's. Yeah, she's got all the all the games. I imagine digital Sabak is like you know the old like TV on the counter, touch screen, <laughs> yeah. at, like the, the old shitty yeah. bar kind yeah, of thing. Totally, that's what it looked like. The Dianoga in the water, the big uh, tentacly thing that grabs record, is um, the exact same animal as the one in the Garbage Smasher in A New Hope. Mm-hmm. Fully confirmed. Yeah, maybe they're, I think there's something to them, like just being like, that's kind of their job. They're like garbage eaters, you know, like they're <laughs> on, maybe purposefully put on Braca to like get rid of any, uh, what's the word? Mosquitoes. Yeah, like organic <laughs> matter in all those ships. Yeah, they're like the big mosquitoes that eat the little mosquitoes. Skeeter eaters, yeah. as we call them here in the South. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you think, I feel like they, the one in A New Hope, is a lot smaller. So it's either like a baby one or they're like adapt to their environment kind yeah, of thing maybe. and they grow, they're like, like goldfish gold and they get bigger wherever yeah. they are. But either way, there's something alive in here. <laughs> it's immediately what I thought when I saw it when the tentacles were like wrapping his leg up. It was just super dope shot overhead how it was like, yeah, dude, translucent water. Leviathan like yeah. in the water. I, I was going to say this, um, not connected to the den, but uh, I, you just made me think of it that I wanted to just bring up how impressed I was by the water animation yeah. in this episode. Oh yeah. It, it was so, so cool and, and unique. The color of it, the, the green color and like the depth of it. And it was kind of like the fire in, um, I forget when we were talking about the fire with Maul in Clone Wars that looked mm-hmm. it was like there was animation inside of a real fire. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. it was kind of like that, like the, like record was getting pulled down as a, as a cartoon into a real body of water. The animation was so good. Dude, I wonder, I wonder how much they've taken from like, uh, the Mandalorian all the amazing the the water engine that they used to do the on the uh, the planet uh, what's the damn planet uh, Trask Trask yeah where they they drop the ship you know they pull it up out of the water with the crane they drop it and all the water sloshing around mm-hmm. that's like the best water simulation I've ever seen in my life it's insane so I wonder if they pull from that stuff like because you know they talked about in all the behind the scenes stuff just reusing assets mm-hmm. during the Clone Wars yeah. I bet it's like oh this looks amazing we'll just make it look a little less cinematic and uh, that looks sick I'm getting confirmation in chat from Logan that Prowf was Cal's buddy in Fallen Order at ah. the beginning that's his name I, I still don't species I don't know he's like big and kind of I, I felt like he he looked like that that kind of lizard ish vibe but I'm, mm. I'm wrong but he's the same species as what is it? Eloasti? Oh, Eloasti, yeah. Because it's, I don't remember if we covered this back in the day, but J.J. Abrams loves the Beastie Boys, so Eloasti is just Hello Nasty with no H and no N. Oh, well. First sticker on my first car was a Beastie Boys sticker, so I relate. Hmm. Anyways, shout out to Prof. The Mantel mix, the treat Wrecker gets with, we should talk about this too, the treat that Wrecker gets with Omega looks a lot like the popcorn they serve at Galaxy's Edge, which is just called Outpost yeah. Mix. You put it on a mm-hmm. lunchbox and you sell it and you sell it. <laughs> <laughs> they should probably just rename that a Galaxy's Edge, right? Yeah, really. Uh, last thing, this is just me. This is probably not any kind of reference, but it just I just got these vibes. Putting the little headgear on Wrecker to find the chip and then him being unconscious, waiting for him to wake up and be like, come on, wake up, wake up. 
it took me back to Star Trek Four when they they're rescuing Chekhov. He got captured in the in the carrier mm-hmm. or the submarine or whatever in the nuclear vessels, <laughs> yeah. and he he falls. You know, he's got a concussion, whatever. They put the thing on him, and they're trying to wake him up. I don't know. I just got those vibes from it. Even though the whole thing was really just like a very typical movie trope of I'm not leaving until he wakes up, you know, and you sit in the waiting room at the hospital, like that kind of thing. It's still definitely waiting room at the hospital vibes. And then just the, again, really driving home Wrecker and Omega's relationship of like the mission's over time to celebrate. You know, like yeah, yeah. at the end when he finally wakes up and apologizes and all that, she just pulls out some Mantel mix and is like, mission's over. Let's snack, buddy. Sweet as hell. Oh, last thing. We may have said this in the in the React video for patrons. The music, um, when Wrecker, he's in Order 66 mode, you know, it's full horror movie. You know, Jason's creeping around the corner. You're hiding. He's a bad guy. <laughs> yeah. Duh. You know, Jurassic Park. We can't use the actual, the actual clip. We'll get sued. So I had to sing it for you. <laughs> the Jurassic Park Velociraptor kitchen scene, you know, like that whole vibe. Mm-hmm. It was all of that, but it was also straight up Terminator because the score is straight up Terminator. The drums, the dun 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 kind of vibe yep. in it, all the synths. Mm-hmm. There's no way that was an accident. Those kinder kids are like, Dad, do, let's do Terminator. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing that voice even though they're my age. <laughs> it has to be, right? Did anyone else notice that? I mean, I noticed like horror-ish movie type stuff. I didn't notice specifically Terminator, but it seemed like, you know, alien. It seemed, uh, I just in my head picture any other movie, even Mando when they're in the hallway of that prison ship, you know, like there's just some sort of vibe there that I was like, ooh, I'm scared. Scary. All right, let's move on. I love you. I know. Favorite scenes, favorite quotes, favorite moments, favorite stuff. I'll let you guys go first. Anything to discuss before you kind of land on a on a super favorite? No, I mean, I just, I like, we talked about this in the after show or the, the reaction video. I was just, I really enjoyed how kind of straight up Star Wars this was. I mean, even though you got, call it the monster this week, the thing in the water from A New Hope, but in general, it was like soldiers fighting and interaction between really important characters there wasn't a lot of peripheral stuff going on you know it was really focused on the story and where the story is going i just those are my favorite kinds of episodes uh, both in the clone wars and now in in the bad batch so i loved that but we we really the list we made to vote on is definitely sort of the definitive list i think because we do have such select moments to choose from in these 20 minute episodes so i think that my favorite moment in this is for sure the rex reveal I mean, just like having him come back and appear and like there's just that nostalgia and that brotherhood and his authority and his like leadership comes back into the fold. That feeling of familiarity of having him return to the show was just killer. Yeah, I mean, that whole first like moment of Rex meeting Omega and then realizing how serious the inhibitor chip is, Mm -hmm. you know, like he immediately distrusted all of them because of that chip whether they look like him or not they know him he was just like nope you can't fight this like bad news and he went into protector mode yeah of omega immediately Mm -hmm. he just met her yeah and was immediately like this child is in danger she can't Mm -hmm. be with you if you have these chips right because of what he's seen none of this panned out in the way i thought it would in terms of like the pace and the timing and when the stuff was going to happen when the break was going to happen but none of that made it any less suspenseful None of it made it feel like the stakes were any lower. It was just 
it was all great. Even Rex showing up, like we talked about this in the, in the reaction thing. He was just there. Like they're doing this thing now, like they did in the Mandalorian, mm-hmm. the Ahsoka episode, just right out of the gate. There she is. Bam. Mm-hmm. You know, he was having a bear. Yeah. Well, it allowed him to be a part of the whole episode. That That's yeah. what was cool. He, he, he was involved in the story, you know, and, and the journey through the whole episode. And I think, you know, if you'd left it for the end of last, last episode or, I, well, I don't know. I mean, that maybe would have been cool. Like, oh, what's going to happen next week? But I think the next best thing is to just, here it is, folks, let's go, you know? Nick, do you have a favorite? Can you call it? Like moment or scene? I mean, I think it's that first interaction with them having beers and chatting and catching up and then him realizing that they all still have their chips. I think that was my kind of like, oh shit moment. I would say overall, something that I really liked was how this finally feels like, at least for me, in terms of like how I'm perceiving the character, it feels like a shift. It was a little bit of last week, a lot of this week, the shift to Wrecker being, yeah, the one note, big dumb mascot, but also much deeper. He cared so much at the end about apologizing to Omega and convincing her that it wasn't really him in a sense. And I also love that we get a little insight on what it's like to be kind of under that spell sort of, because he, he remembers doing it, you know, he, he was, mm-hmm. he was aware enough. So overall, I just really enjoyed how this contributed to the growth of the character of Wrecker. In the end, it's like what kind of didn't work about him was now it's, it's now starting to appear pretty deliberate to provide this version of him that has more depth. Yeah. It's really effective now when he shows that side of him, of the character. So as much as I love the Rex reveal at the beginning, and I really love like the horror movie kind of chase is like heartbreaking as that was my favorite scene is probably going to be Wrecker apologizing to Omega at the end. It was just really deep and genuine and, it didn't feel contrived. It, it was just great. I loved it. So that's my favorite. All right. Favorite quotes. I think I know mine, but you guys go first again. Again, we're really pulling the best ones like to provide for the vote. So I'm going off that list because there wasn't like some obscure one that I was like, ooh, we didn't grab that one and it's better. Um, I definitely, keeping with Rex being in this episode, just for the quote of the week this week, I went and found a Rex quote to use because I'm just so stoked that he's back. Uh, or that he at least made an appearance because we know, I mean, who knows if he's coming back again this season. I, he probably is, don't you think? Don't you think it'd be? I hope so, man. Yeah. Don't you think the line, if you ever need us, you know where to find us or if you're ever in trouble, you know where to find us or whatever it was, that that means something. Uh, but just the, the quote, I've spent my life defending the Republic. I can't stop now, uh, says Rex. The Republic's gone, Rex, says Hunter. Uh, not all of it. We're here. Others are out there too, says Rex. That's just like, Hell yeah, rebellion, here we go. Yeah. Uh, I, I dig them. I mean, I guess this is a more of a moment, but the, the quote of, you're a generation one. How'd you know that? From the lines on your face. I just thought that was like really sweet. I love that. It was that. so like intimate and sweet and yeah. like really close up kind of on their heads, you know? Like you just saw like you felt that moment. So I definitely like that line a lot. Yeah, and, and character depth for Omega, you know, mm-hmm. to like have that insight at her age and... Yeah. It was just a very wise statement for her to make, you know? Well, she has, she definitely has some knowledge about just the creation and like mm-hmm. behind the scenes of clones, you know, for her to just, I'm, I'm sure she's going to drop some more knowledge in the rest of the season too. Like, oh, here's the one thing we didn't talk about. She says she doesn't have an inhibitor chip. Do we believe her? Does she not know? Yeah. It's kind of a big deal. In that moment, I love how she says, she doesn't say, oh, cause you're all wrinkly. 
she says, you know, because of the lines in your face. It's just like that's yeah. what I'm saying. There's like some wisdom to it. Yeah, you know? there's depth to that. It's like a sweet kid thing to say, but it's also not a typical kid thing to say where they're like, why does that person look like that? You know, like in public. <laughs> it's also cool that there was like a split second of misdirection, you know, because my immediate thought was, oh, she can sense stuff. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh no, she can just see that he's old. Yeah. So it, it flipped it from a, ooh, what's this going to be to something just sweet and personal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That being said though, I think I'm going to go with Ryan with the uh, the quote between Rex and Hunter about, I spent my life defending the Republic. I just, I've grown so sentimental and nostalgic for any of that, you know, for the Republic stuff from the Clone Wars era. So that's it for me. Good quote. Pretty heavy. Let's see what the patrons thought. So we gave five nominees for scenes and quotes or moments and quotes. As we do every week to the patrons, they voted and they also added some comments. So not just a straight up vote. We have some comments uh, that we handpicked we thought were pretty good. And we'll throw those in here after I read the nominees. Nominee number one, Wrecker and Omega celebrating the end of a mission with some Mantel mix. Nominee number two, the Rex reveal and Rex questioning the Bad Batch about their inhibitor chips. Third nominee, Wrecker being pulled into the water by the Dianoga. Nominee number four, Wrecker's chip engaging and his pursuit of the Bad Batch's traitors for not executing Order 66. Terminator style. Fifth and final nominee, Wrecker apologizing to Omega for attacking her while his inhibitor chip was engaged. Clifford Alba, he picked Wrecker apologizing to Omega. He said, um, I think he's had the most character development so far. We all thought he was the muscle beef stick dummy, and now it seems (laughs) like he's the heart of the show. I fully agree. His relationship with Omega is truly unpredictable, and I hate to say it, kind of cute to watch. I love to say it. It's hella cute. It's so cute. Yeah, don't hate to say it. (laughs) Just embrace the cuteness. Dare to be cute. He's like kind of her dad. Yeah. In a way, with like, I made you your, your bedroom, sweetie. <laughs> it's cute. Just embrace it. He's like uh, he's like the big muscly dad who has like calluses on his hands, who works at the construction site, but brings home like a sweet stuffed animal with his dirty ass hands. <laughs> like, dude, I still go back to that scene where he made her room for her. I mean, that's just like, that's, you think of him as, as you said, the beef stick dummy. <laughs> and he like, <laughs> he made this like adorable little habitat for Omega. It's rad. Well, this all checks out because the winner with 38% of the vote is Wrecker apologizing to Omega for attacking her while his inhibitor chip was engaged. We chose a sweet moment this week. A sweet one. I like that. Second place, 26% of the vote goes to the Rex reveal and the questioning of the Bad Batch about their inhibitor chips. That makes sense. I would have guessed that, I think. Speaks volumes for the relationship between Omega and Wrecker, though. That that Rex yeah. coming back didn't win. Mm. It's heavy. Favorite quotes. Five nominees as well. First nominee is between Sid and Tech. I love <laughs> the nicknames are being solidified. It wasn't just a one-off. Sid says to Tech, I suggest you figure something out before you see my ugly side. That's not her ugly side. What was that, Goggles? It's so funny that he... Does not whisper that. Yeah. <laughs> like tech is just like, that's not her ugly side. It's like, dude, she's right there. <laughs> <laughs> tech has no tact. Yeah. Right. Second nominee, Rex. This is a good one. He says, Being dead in the Empire's eyes has its advantages. 
Third nominee, we talked about this one, Omega and Rex. Omega noticing or acknowledging Rex's age and generation. His battle scars, if you will. Hey. Ooh. Mm, mm, nice. Mm. You're a generation one. How do you know that? From the lines in your face. <laughs> Fourth nominee, this is Tekken Rex, a funny one. This will do nicely. I would no longer call this medical bay a sterile environment. Do you prefer to use the facility on Camino? This will do nicely. It's kind of like the garbage will do. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fifth and final nominee for favorite quote, one that two of us picked, Rex and Hunter. I spent my life defending the Republic. Can't stop now. The Republic's gone, Rex. Ah, uh, not all of it. We're here. Others are out there, too. Patron Julia voted for number three. She said just because Rex. Love that. <laughs> it just says, number three because Rex. <laughs> I never thought a lot about the generations of clones, but this hit. He's the old guy around there now. Yeah, dude. You've, like, heard stories about Rex, Captain Rex, you know? Yeah. And there he is in the flesh. He was eight feet tall, and he <laughs> carried a hammer. <laughs> the winner... With 50% of the vote, Rex talking about spending his life defending the Republic. Hunter saying the Republic's gone, Rex. And Rex says, no, man, hope, essentially. Yeah. Not all of it. We're here. Others are out there, too. Rex was like, nah, bro. No way. We're good, man. Planting those seeds of hope in the rebellion. It's rad. Second place, 20% of the vote. I feel like we're just, we're so on the same wavelength as our patrons, and this feels so good. The Omega quote, guessing Rex's age. Your generation one, how'd you know that? From the lines on your face. Heartwarming stuff. Final thoughts? Anything? I think we've we've poured out all the love we have for this. It was awesome. I think this was a really good mid season sort of I don't know, dramatic event to have Rex come back, to have an episode that was really focused on the characters, as I said. Not so much on are we getting into bounty hunting? What are we doing? This was like mm-hmm. Star Wars. This is focused on Star Wars, the story, the characters. Um I'm sure we'll get some other one offs, but what what was the episode that was uh, with episode three, right? With Crosshair just murdering people. Yeah, yeah. And and we get, we we've kind of been like, wow, that happened. And then we kind of got away from that for a while, for a few, you know, like it got really heavy and then it got a little lighter. Yeah. And this kind of brought us back to that the the heavier stuff, which I'm I'm here for. I, I you know I always talk about how this stuff is animated, and I understand this that a big part of that is going to be that younger audiences are tuned into this. You know, it's this isn't made solely for kind of the the broad Star Wars audience of older fan everybody. You know, there there is an element of animation and cartoon and young viewers for this. It's inherent in the style of the show, but that doesn't stop them from dropping some really weighty moments on us and i think this episode brought us back to some of those moments and i think it's you know middle of the season it's a really good time to do that love it yeah my my really my only thought is that i'm like i think i might be more excited than i've been because i feel like sure there's still a lot of questions but i'd never you know we didn't know how long this inhibitor chip thing was going to last so that's gone Mm -hmm. as far as the batch goes now so we've just got crosshairs to deal with now yeah so who knows what's coming on next? That's kind of exciting. Ryan Key, close it out with a quote of the week. Yeah, I already spoiled this that I found a Captain Rex quote. I just thought it was appropriate. Love this one. I used to believe that being a good soldier meant doing everything they told you. That's how they engineered us. But we're not droids. We're not programmed. You have to learn to make your own decisions. 
Wisdom of Rex. Captain Rex. Dropping the knowledge. He rules. Bye, Drew. <laughs> Drew's out. Drew's like, now that quote sucks. <laughs> I've heard enough. Who lets Ryan stay on quote duty? <laughs> All right. I point this out every once in a while, but I'll say it again because it remains consistent. Half of the listeners of this podcast are not subscribed. So if you're listening, smash that button, smash it. Half of the people are rolling their eyes right now. They're like, oh my God, I'm never subscribing. Shut up, Adam. (laughs) Stop saying it. I'm not going to do it. I have enough notifications on my iOS device. (laughs) Just one more. It's just one more red bubble. Just do it. Hey, hit subscribe and then turn off notifications. There you go. You just know to go there. All it means is when you open your podcast app, it's right there. Uh, It's there on Thursdays. You're like, oh yeah, my buds. There they are. Ready to party. Speaking of parties, that was a total accidental segue. And I'm, Ooh, you nailed it, though. You nailed that, dude. It's just in there, though, now. It's just... Yeah, I mean, you've been really good at it for over a year now. I'm really proud of you. I'm proud to know you. And I'm proud to call you the Segway King. It just <laughs> popped in there. What, Ray? What just popped in there? <laughs> Armor Party Podcast is part of the Thank the Maker Network, a network of two. If you're into costuming, if you're into making helmets... Armor, blasters, robes, things, any of the stuff. Even if you don't make it yourself and you just want to check it out and maybe get into it, Armor Party Podcast, hosted by our friend Mike Forrester from Hondo Supply, is super dope. New episode drops every other Tuesday. We just had one come out, and it's maybe my favorite so far. It's good stuff. You can find that at Armor Party Show, at Hondo Supply. Nick also has Batu Crew, which we never talk about, and I just realized it's stupid. It's time to start talking about it again because we're all, everybody's about to start going back to the most magical place in the galaxy. So let's get it back up and running. Yeah, as of today, California quote unquote opened up. So I think you could be maskless at Disney for most of your day now. Wear your Thank the Maker merch from thankthemakermerch.com. Take some photos at Batu and uh, tag Batu Crew, and let's uh, let's keep the family running strong here. And if you want a special exclusive shirt, Thank the Maker shirt, one comes along with the new tier that we just dropped on Patreon, which includes being able to listen in on this show being created and all the cracks, all the mess ups, all the crap in between. We've got five folks in here right now with us and it's a good time. So if you want to be part of that, get a tight new blouse, patreon.com slash thank the maker pod. If you want to follow the podcast on social media, you can find us on Instagram at thank the maker pod on Twitter at thank the maker my stuff is all at Adam the Skull. Mine is all at William Ryan Key. And if I have a second just to plug my own stuff. Plug it. If any of you out there in podcast land are audio people and you enjoy music and audio production, or if you just want to hang, it's a good time. I have recently uh, become a partner on Twitch. And five days a week, I am streaming music production live from my studio for a few hours a day, working on some cool projects and would love to have you come hang with with the chat and all the friends we have in there. It's just, it's become a really cool community with quite, quite a few heads hanging every day. It's been really, really great. Uh, it's twitch.tv slash William Ryan Key. As I said, I'm, I'm live pretty much five days a week, Monday through Friday. So uh, the schedule's on my page. You can come hang and I would love to uh, hang. We could talk Star Wars. I take lots of chat breaks so we can talk Star Wars anytime you want. We'd love to see you there. Nikki. Hell yes. You can find me at Nick Bayside and I got a plug too. Guess what, Do guys? It. I've been messing around with uh, Anchor ever since they uh, were acquired by Spotify. And you could actually add music to your podcast now via Spotify. It's always been a passion of mine to turn people on to music, find new music, all this type of stuff. So 
It's about my third iteration of having a radio show, but I'm going to launch a podcast. And I say podcast in quotes because it's more of a radio show, but it'll only be on Spotify because the music will be streaming from Spotify. But follow me at Nick Bayside. The show is called The Radio Radio Show, and uh, it should be dropping next week. That's awesome, dude. Uh, yeah. Tight. I've, I've done a bunch of like back in the day, me and Anthony did something on Adobe Radio together. And then I've been plugging. Who's Anthony? Who's Anthony? Uh, it's the singer of uh, Bayside. Uh, we did that a long time ago, probably 10 years ago at this point. And then uh, I've really been pumping this app called Station Head, which I think is the most perfect app in the world for this sort of thing. But it's like the millionth app that people need to download and yeah. people don't seem like they want to download anything else. So I might integrate Station Head somewhat, but the radio radio show should be launching uh, next week on Spotify. Maybe if you guys will allow it, we could put it in the Thank the Maker podcast network. We'll vote on it. I don't know. Aren't networks only two things? Yeah, we'll have to vote on it. <laughs> Sweet. I'm pumped for that. Maybe grant me uh, the rank of master. Master. <laughs> well, you can stream all the John Williams you want, so we could still tie yeah. it into Star Wars in yeah. some way and put it in the network. <laughs> Dudes, thanks for hanging. Uh, patrons, everybody in here, Jedi patrons, thanks for being here. Everybody, thanks for listening. Until next week, may the Force be with you. 